I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up? What's happening? Craig Hoffman with you on a Saturday afternoon on 106.7 The Fan. And we have a good one planned for you. Stacked guest list, a variety of topics. Of course, we'll start with Washington football in just a moment. Scope out to the rest of the NFL with my guy Eric Edholm coming up at 1.30 from Yahoo Sports. A bit of a left turn, but I think it'll be a really interesting conversation. Um, It's Doing this job, you get reached out to by all kinds of people, and especially once you're on their list, book publicists. So you have access to all kinds of really cool books. I'm looking at... Uh, my bookshelf right now, actually, is I'm doing the show from my uh, my new home studio, which is sweet. Uh, but uh, as like half the books that are on my bookshelf uh, are ones that are like their publicist reaches out. I was like, would you like to read an advanced copy of this book and talk to the author? And I'm like, yes. Uh, and one that caught my eye and most of the time, like 90 percent of the time, you're like, no, I don't actually want that book. And I don't want to, you know, the author, I'm sure is interesting, but it ain't for me. One of the ones that caught my eye uh, was a book by a guy named Christopher Clary, who is the a tennis writer for the New York Times, who has spent a lot of time chronicling the career of Roger Federer, who I think is one of the most unique superstars in the history of sports. And so I, we're going to have him on at two o'clock and like the conversation will be about Federer, but I, I also like think it's fascinating to look at Federer, who's been so dominant for so long on a level that very few other has very few others have and compare him to someone like Michael Jordan, someone like Tom Brady, some athletes that are more familiar to the American sports fan uh, or the average American sports fan, I would should say, who obviously knows and understands who Roger Federer is, but may not have a deeper insight, obviously, to the level as someone who literally wrote a book about him. So um, I want to talk to Christopher coming up at two o'clock. So we'll do that. Uh, Michael Phillips uh, actually just chatted with him before he gets on the plane. We'll play the interview for you at 2.30. Great stuff on Washington football. And then the other big story this week was the NBA and the vaccine mandates and all these things that are going with that and some of the legalese around that. And so called up my friend Alicia Jessup, who's a law professor out at Pepperdine and a contributor to The Athletic and The Washington Post. Talk to her about it. We'll play that for you coming up at three o'clock. So a lot to get into, uh, but we definitely start with Washington football, uh, which is, oh, and yes, um, I should also say, I will get into some of the NWSL stuff that's going on. Um, the National Women's Soccer League, the commissioner resigned yesterday. There's been w- the worst week in the history of the league, uh, which has had, frankly, in its 10 years of existence, a lot of bad weeks. Um, but this one was the worst of them all. But hopefully it is, is a nadir uh, that will help turn the league around. And as someone who has followed that league uh, and been inside that league, um, I got some stuff to say. So we're going to say it uh, at 2.15. So 
Washington football, though, they better win tomorrow. And not in a, they better win because if they don't, it's uh, like everyone needs to get fired. Like you can write the season off. Like I think there's a lot of hyperbole around the, the term must win. Almost nothing is must win for Washington football this year until the very end of the season for the very simple reason that they have four division games or sorry, five division games. I think it is to end the year. Like they finish with a chance to make up more ground than any team has in the history of any schedule in the history of the league. Like they are straight division games down the stretch. So if that's the case, you can afford to big dig a bigger hole than typical because you're going to play the teams that are going to be in front of you to potentially do exactly what you did last year, which is back into the playoffs by winning the division, even if you are sub 500. This year it would be eight and nine. Uh, instead of the seven and nine it was last year, but there's a chance that you could be a four-win team going into the final month of the season, and everything looks terrible. And maybe you've even fired a coach or coordinator at that point—not the head coach, but some position coach whose uh, unit was underperforming. Whatever it is that, however you know that could play out, there's a chance that that has happened, and then all of a sudden that's looked to as the thing that changed the season around. When in reality, it's a very young football team that is still getting reps and ultimately could turn things around and finish strong and have math in their favor and, 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 and. What's not in their favor coming up after this week is the schedule because they're going to play some really good teams with some exceptional quarterbacks. We're talking first ballot Hall of Fame caliber uh, guys. Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, you know this. However, the Atlanta Falcons stink. They are, and I cannot stress this enough, not good. I watched the, I I did this to myself. I watched the Giants-Falcons game back. Thank God it was the condensed game. I was able to limit my misery to about 40 minutes. And if I'm being honest with you, I was probably on my phone and not paying attention as much as I should have been. But I made myself watch it in preparation for the pregame show tomorrow. And of course, the show today. And it is the kind of thing that made me feel good because it showed like, hey, man, you do know how to read a stat sheet. You look at the stats for uh, for the old Atlanta Falcons offense, and you're like, where are all the receivers? Like Calvin Ridley, okay, he's got a lot of targets, some decent yardage, uh, but they don't appear to throw the ball down the field at all. And then you watch the game, and you're like, wow, they don't throw the ball down the field at all. This is in a way, inviting for a Washington defense, specifically for a pass rush that is trying to get home. Like, it's a little annoying because there's going to be a lot of quick game stuff, a lot of the ball getting out quickly to backs and tight ends. Um, but also part of the reason they, it's not like they don't ever call stuff down the field. Like, Matt Ryan will sit back there for a second. And if you're a Washington pass rush trying to get right, you should have the luxury of the fact that the receivers who are trying to get open are not that good by NFL standards. They're just not. Like Calvin Ridley's a really solid receiver. He's probably best off as a two. He's their one. And you got a bunch of dudes other than that who you've probably never heard of. Maybe if you're a fantasy player, but if they're on your team, I'm sorry. They ain't that good. Now, they have some solid backs 
uh, and they're actually using Cordell Patterson as a straight running back. Um, now they get them a ball, him the ball in the passing game a lot on screens and stuff, but like he's a running back for them. And then Mike Davis, who's bounced around the league but has always been good. And then, uh, obviously, the rookie, Kyle Pitts. They try to get him the ball a decent amount. But outside, where this team has struggled some, and of course, they've struggled covering tight ends too, but outside, especially since they're likely without Benjamin St. Just, um, with the con- in the concussion protocol, um, that's not as big of a deal against a Falcons team that doesn't move the ball down the field. And so it kind of comes down to it in wrapping this up in like a, a more summarized statement. It's not must win because of the math. It's not must win because Rogers and Brady and everyone on the schedule coming up. Although yeah, it'd be really nice to get back to two and two before you hit a rough stretch. Cause that's going to feel like a hole that's insurmountable. There's going to be a bunch of media attention. There's going to be calling for coaches jobs, you know, trade this guy, whatever would come of that in the very sane media uh, and fan culture that is, exists around the Washington football team. Wink, wink. You just better beat Atlanta because you're better. And in the NFL, that's kind of how this works. Yeah, there are upsets, but if you're a team with your back against the wall and you're better than your opponent, you should win. And this team, straight up, is better. Their offense is better, as in Washington's offense is better than Atlanta, and their defense damn well better be because the bill of goods that looks like we were all sold all offseason is coming due. And so I am... It's not Jay Gruden's code red. It's not must win or this team is screwed and everyone needs to get fired and yada, yada, yada. The analysis, the thought, the big picture is just this simple. Atlanta's not very good. And if you want to be a good team, you win tomorrow. And that after a week of prep is kind of where I'm at. Where are you? 800-636-1067 is the phone number. 800-636-1067. Uh, slightly more nuanced analysis as well next. Get in some keys for this game before we zoom out to the rest of the league and Eric Edholm. Plus, we get his thoughts on this Washington football team so far. That's coming up. Uh, Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports before we get joined by author Christopher Clary coming up at the top of the hour. But your call's next. 800-636-1067. Craig Hoffman with you. On the fan. Craig Hoffman. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With you on 106.7 The Fan Hope you're enjoying a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Really great morning if you had a chance to get outside, walk around a little bit. There's a big protest today. Maybe some people walking or driving around that. All kinds of stuff going on, enjoying these last few beautiful weeks in D.C. Actually, I don't know. I say that, but like fall lasts until like November now. And then you're like, man, this is great. And all of a sudden it's March and it's so freezing. And you're like, oh, it just shifted. I don't know. Well, now, I don't know when that happened, but it, you've noticed that too, right? Like that's not just a me thing that about like, man. About 2012, just winter, summer, spring, they all just combined. Yeah. Just like the calendar just shifted. And it's just like, wait a second. It's April. Why did, why was it warmer in November? And I guess that that's just how it is now. Um, so hopefully we get. Hopefully we get a fall because spring and fall in D.C. are the undisputed best. And winter's not very fun and summer stinks. It gets ugly during the, during the December month. Yeah, it can. But, like, it also gets pretty ugly in July. Like, ain't nobody want to go outside in July in D.C. You just walk outside and you start sweating. And with thunderstorms every night, it, was, it got brutal. Yeah, it's not a great time. It's all right. We're here now in October. It's October 2nd. When did that happen? Anyway, uh, Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports is going to join us at the top of the hour. All right, keys keys to victory tomorrow. Um, and it, it's funny, uh, as you'll hear if you, you stick with us uh, through 2.30, that's when Michael Phillips uh, is going to join us slash we play my chat with Michael. Uh, he had to catch a plane, so I talked to him about 30 minutes ago, and we were talking about some keys to the game, and it, and it just kind of hit me how stupid football analysis is sometimes. It's like, don't turn the ball over. Run more plays. Keep time of possession high. Don't commit dumb penalties. And it's like, anybody could do this. You did not have to cover a team like I did. You did not have to, um, 
you know, play in the league. Like it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. But so I will try to give maybe a little bit more of an explanation on some of this stuff because just saying play clean, run more plays and limit turnovers seems like not really doing my job to an extent that I am necessary. It's like, yeah, thanks, Craig. Could have figured that one out on our own. Um, the reason it's important to play clean, specifically defensively, is Atlanta's offense, as discussed in the last segment, is not explosive. If you can just do your job down in, down out, force some incompletions here in the run game, keep things, you know, maybe get a tackle for loss there or keep everything short gains. If you can keep Atlanta in third and seven and longer, like they don't have the, the weapons to consistently pick that stuff up. And if you were to force a penalty or get lucky and they just false start, and all of a sudden they're in third and 12, like it ain't like you're playing Buffalo where Josh Allen's going to run around and they got Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley and Dawson Knox and like all these weapons just running around like crazy that you got to cover as a quarterback is running around he's mobile. Matt Ryan's going to stand back there. If you give him time, he can pick you apart. He's incredibly smart, but you can't just let him operate on schedule. And if you make them make plays, they don't have the guys to do it. Kyle Pitts hasn't shown that he's that yet, although that could happen any week because that dude's a freak. Calvin Ridley's pretty good, but like if you pay William Jackson third all that money, he should be able to cover Calvin Ridley, who's really uh, uh, like a really good two, not a one. And they got guys like Russell Gage running around, Zacharias, they're, they're number two. Like He's young and fast, but not polished. So play clean, make them earn it. And if they beat you, well, then that means they're not that this defense is even worse than we thought. But they shouldn't be able to beat this Washington defense. Run more plays. Everyone talks about Terry McLaurin needing more targets. And last week, I think he had seven, but they only ran like in the high 40s of plays. So he's already getting like 15% of plays run for him. Now, would I like that to see be closer to 20? Like one of every five plays, Terry McLaurin gets a touch or a target. Yeah, like I would I would like to see that percentage a little bit higher. But you know how else you can get that number from 7 to 12? Run more plays. If you run closer to 70 plays, then you keep the percentages the same and you're already a, like 10, 11 targets, which is a good number. Not great. I want McLaurin having 12 to 15 because I think he's that good. And... His run after catch ability is that special. You give him 15 opportunities, he's probably going to score one. That's how good that dude is. But you can't give him 15 opportunities if there's only 42 plays or 48 plays. And so part of this is obviously defensively, you need to get off the freaking field. Like quit giving up third and 15. You get the ball back to your offense. They get to run more plays. But whether it's eliminating your own penalties offensively so you don't get behind the chains or just executing simple things, no, you know, limiting drops. Or my third key to the game, again, every analyst's favorite thing ever, limit turnovers. And it's not like any team goes into a game going like, eh, we're fine if we turn it over. Maybe there's weeks you're okay with being a little bit more aggressive where you're like, hey, you know what? In, in the right situations, we're going to force a deep ball into double coverage because we think our guy might come down with it. We might get P.I. Like, there's there's definitely the way the modern NFL is with the rules and everything else. 
like there are plenty of opportunities to be aggressive where you're not being overly risky. But I think because this Atlanta offense struggles so much to pick up yardage and ultimately to score, and because you're trying to really emphasize getting quality opportunities, not just for McLaren, but for Antonio Gibson, Humphreys was really involved in the week two win and has been ghostly in weeks one and three in the losses. Um, obviously, you want to get a couple of deep shots in for Deami Brown. And then perhaps the biggest wild card of the entire weekend, Curtis Samuel, a guy who you bring in to design offense for. Like You need to be able to run those plays to get them the ball for the easy ones and see if they can make something happen. And sometimes that's a screen that might go for three yards and you say, hey, we tried. But like, if Taylor Heineke is running around and either gets stripped or throws a pick on first down, you never get to that reverse call for Curtis Samuel on second down. And so it's about being diligent about time score situation, understanding when to eat it, understanding when to throw it away, understanding when to run. Heineke didn't run a ton in the first half last week. And so if he can steal four or five yards, keep the offense on schedule, that opens the playbook. If you're in second and four, you can literally run anything. You can call a deep shot. You can just run an off-tackle play or a dive. Like You can run quick game. You can run reverses. You can run trick plays. Everything is on the table. And so if, if you drop back on first down and there's not anything there, like, run for four yards like that. That's a great play as long as you're not taking a big hit. And so being diligent about time score situation is, and ultimately using that to your advantage to protect the ball will help you run more plays, help you get more opportunities for your playmakers. And the more opportunities you give great players, the better chances that they'll do something special and ultimately score, which I know again, this is groundbreaking analysis. But offensively, scoring is the point. Process ultimately be damned. You can scheme up something great, or you can just have Terry McLaurin slip a tackle on a slant route and run very, like, very fast. That works too. So you got to get those opportunities, and that, that's been a huge problem for Washington in, in the two losses so far this year. Uh, they're averaging about 48, I think it was, plays a game uh, between those first two losses. Uh, we're up in the 60s. May, it may even hit 70. I, I've, I've looked at that stat in the last 24 hours, so it's not fresh. But they, they ran way more plays in the Week 2 win, uh, and I would expect them to do that again tomorrow. Time of possession, obviously, goes along with that as well. Uh, dominated in the, the two losses much more uh, time of possession in Washington's favor in the week to win. All right, we'll get Eric at home, national NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. His thoughts on this Washington football team. Eric's also a Chicago guy, so uh, I can ask him this very, very uh, high-level question. What the hell's going on in Chicago? Matt Nagy, probably the first coach to get fired in the NFL this year. We'll see if Eric thinks that could happen as soon as this weekend. Uh, and some other NFL thoughts with Eric. And then we'll go around the league ourselves. Five NFL thoughts out of my mind brain coming up at 145. Craig Hoppin with you on a Saturday on 106.7 The Fan. Craig Hoffman with you on a Sunday, Saturday. I want to six seven the fan. I'll be with you tomorrow too uh, for pregame. Logan Paulson starting at ten, uh, but today's Saturday, 
so we could talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, we don't have to talk about just Washington football. We will, in fact, now scope out some of the rest of the league, too, with my guy Eric Getholm. He's with us on the BetQL guest line. Uh, Eric, good to talk to you, man. Happy football season, three weeks in. Happy to, happy to scope with you, man. What's going on? Uh, not too much, man. Just, you know, trying to figure out what the hell's going on with this defense here, uh, which I feel like is actually one of the bigger questions league-wide. When you've watched Washington so far this year, how surprised have you been at, at how their defense is played, and how concerned are you about it sustaining this level of poor play for much longer? Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously could see things return to the level of expectations in this game, right? I mean, the Falcons, I know they put up some points, but, you know, you, you could obviously see a, a one-week improvement, but is it going to be something that, that, that is sustained? I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is the yards allowed. I think they're, what, second to last or something like that, uh, points allowed slightly above that. Uh, I think the run defense has been shocking, and the pass defense has not been, you know, much better, so... You know, it starts with the front because obviously that's the, the kind of bread and butter unit, I think, on the, the team that everybody coming into the year thought, uh, look how much they've invested, look how they played down the stretch last year, all that. So, yeah, it, it is surprising. And, and, you know, we've also seen evidence of, of teams, and it's a little bit of a longer regular season than we've had in the past, but we've seen evidence of teams starting slowly defensively and getting better. I know, you know, in Kansas City they're having the same discussion, a little different situation, but still, you know, it. It's probably too soon to make a sweeping judgment, but it's getting to the point where we can't ignore it very much longer if it keeps up. Yeah, definitely. And they've got the weirdest schedule with with the stacked end of the year as well uh, in terms right. of division Good opponents. Point. So, um, yeah. you know, their their hole can perhaps be a little bigger. Um, Matt Nagy seems to be at the end of whatever hole he's dug in Chicago. <laughs> and I know that's where you're based. Like, when yeah. you look at what's that offense, because, you know, when I've watched them, I'm like, man, they do some innovative stuff sometimes. But it seems like it's a really boring offense plus some trick plays as opposed to a consistently innovative you know, scheme that sets players up to succeed. So where is, like, how thin is the ice under Nagy, and what would he have to do to turn it around? Yeah, the the, the part, the, the the line that stuck out for me and what you just said is, is sort of, I'm paraphrasing, but tailoring the offense to the strength of your players. And that was no more evident than, than in Justin Fields' first start last week where, you know, first series they come out at, like drop back passing and, you know, the kind of stuff you'd expect Andy Dalton to run. And I'm not saying the fields can't do those things, but it's not exactly what he does best. And if you want to get your young quarterback in a rhythm and you're scripting the first, you know, X number of plays, 15 or 20, whatever it is, uh, wouldn't you want to mix some things in there to show the Browns, hey, our, our quarterback can get outside the pocket, throw on the move. He can do the read option series. We're going to RPO you. We're going to do all this different stuff. It took him a while to get into any kind of of that kind of base offense for him. And by that point, he was under fire. And I realized the offensive line, you know, can only be blamed on Nagy so much. Right now it's just an issue. They've had a ton of injuries at tackle. The interior is okay. But really those those edge protectors are not getting the job done. So, you know, scheme-wise, that probably cuts out about half your playbook. But going with as many five-man protections as they did last week – to me, was borderline criminal, especially after you'd seen how Cleveland was getting pressure. So I know that we're talking about one game, but time and time again throughout Nagy's uh, tenure in Chicago, we've seen some kind of glaring weakness on offense. And one year it was the running backs. One year it's the receivers when Allen Robinson isn't out there. You know, it, the offensive line, the tight end, certainly the quarterback has been an issue. There's always been that one unit. 
or multiple units that show a severe deficiency. And part of your job as an offensive designer is to tailor the strengths and hide the weaknesses as best you can, not just running your fancy plays that Andy Reid taught you. You know what I mean? So I feel like his ability to adjust to what he has has been exploited a little bit. And if they don't figure things out, we don't even know who's going to start Sunday. Is it Dalton? He practiced limited on Friday. Is it Nick Foles? We haven't talked about him much. Is it Fields? How's his hand doing? We don't really know. So I suspect it's Fields, and they'll be ready to pivot if they need to. But, geez, there's just so many issues right now going on with that team. Eric Edholm, Yahoo Sports with us here on 106.7 The Fan. A a coaching coordinator uh, that is on the same page as their quarterback. They are rolling right now now in Arizona. 3-0, Kyler Murray looks great. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, everyone had the the obvious questions coming in of like how could he adapt uh, to the NFL, and the answer was he drafted Kyler Murray and figured it out just fine. Um, They also obviously have so much talent now around it. They did a great job building that roster. But when you talk talk about the top teams in the league, I feel like Arizona gets left out a little bit because they haven't been there before. How likely is it that it, we look back at the end of the year and we that was a mistake to not include them in the very best, uh, even starting now? Yeah, and I think some people probably looked at it, you know, before the season and said, "Geez, you know, someone's going to be a last place team in that division, right? Is it going to be Seattle, who's been consistently competitive? Is it going to be?" San Francisco, which brings back a a ton of people from injury last year, you know, seems to be headed in the right direction. You know, is it going to be the Rams, right? Adjusting to a new quarterback, or, you know, maybe they're not as good as we think. You know, obviously, I think people are kind of playing a little bit of Russian roulette and trying to decide who's the fourth place team in that division. Arizona got a lot of votes almost by default. I think you're right in saying that maybe we didn't recognize just how dangerous they could be. But at the same time, you know, I I look at this Rams team and think, uh, you know, if you had a candidate through three weeks for the team that's looked the steadiest, the most complete, the fewest major question marks, they'd have to be one. So what a great matchup, man. I, I really don't know which way this one's going to go. I'm probably leaning a little Rams, just con- considering that they've played some some high leverage games. They, they've kind of taken the, 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 the bull by the reins, as it were, and controlled the games and gotten leads and you know, sort of played that way. I know the game in Detroit got a little weird there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love this Rams team, what I've seen so far. But like you, I also can appreciate just how dangerous this Cardinals team can be. If they figure out their run defense, may not be an issue this week, but in future weeks, they're going to be one of those, those clubs that I don't think too many more people want to face and, and game plan for as we get later in the season and possibly in the playoffs. Yeah, I love this Rams team. I've always been a huge Stafford guy and just went, man, what would happen if he wasn't in Detroit? Um, and right. I know he had Calvin Johnson for all those years, but there's something about the Lions that they're cursed or whatever, whatever the, the voodoo right. is up there. But you're like, what would happen if this dude got the level of coaching that he has now? And we're seeing it. But same, I mean, same in Arizona. It seems like such an incredible merger uh, or match between Kingsbury and, and uh, Kyler and Obviously, you add DeAndre Hopkins to that mix, and that's going to be dangerous. Um, there's a lot of that same energy in the AFC West as well. Like You have Chargers-Raiders on Monday Night Football, and I, obviously we saw Chargers Week 1 here in Washington. They looked excellent. Herbert looks incredible. The Raiders are 3-0 and uh, and are really rolling. So what do you make of, of that game Monday night, and, and what do you think it can tell us this early in the season? Yeah, I mean... I. 
it's it's huge for the Chargers, obviously, because they got a prime time game and can kind of show people, okay, this is not the the Chargers team that gets battered by injuries every year at this point, or you know has the the critical turnover in a game that they led by three scores at one point, and all of a sudden they lose. I mean, yeah, they lost on a last second field goal to Dallas, who tried every way they could to get the game away in a lot of in a lot of ways, but. I think this Chargers team seems different. And for years we've said, look, they're stockpiling talent. You know, eventually this is all going to kind of come together. Maybe this is the year. Herbert seems like the real deal. And I'm not discounting what the Raiders have done. I mean, they've played some wild games so far. Their cars played great. You know, they've had guys like Brian Edwards and, and Henry Ruggs step up when they need him to offensively. It, it, it's, it's a fascinating club. They've made improvements defensively. But I really think that the Chargers, even without a true, you know, home field advantage or whatever you want to say, you know, I, I think they're starting to really build something interesting. And if they can get a little good luck injury wise for once, you know, defensively they get after you. I think Brandon Staley's done a terrific job. He was probably the head coach, other than David Cully, the new head coach, I should say, who everybody kind of looked at and said, Who? Wait, why is this guy getting a job? He's a defensive minded coach. He's young. You know, he's only been a coordinator a short time. And, I'm telling you, there are a lot of people who really felt highly about him, even if his credentials didn't necessarily match up. His talent is there, and you got to love what they're doing. I think they're, you know, they're, they're going to be in it this year, even even with the Broncos playing well, and even with the Chiefs sure to bounce back with Mahomes and company. Right, and that's the other part of that division is the Broncos are three and zero, and somehow in last yeah. place are the Chiefs. And I'll I'll end there with you, like. When I watched the the game back last week, I'm just like, if they don't turn the ball over, they win that game. Is that kind of where you yeah. are on the Chiefs, that if the Chiefs would stop beating the Chiefs, then they would win football games? Yeah, right. I mean, honestly, some, there, there, there are going to be some where they just sort of play a little bit fast and loose and, and, and have that kind of thing happen. You know, obviously, people will look at the Super Bowl and say, oh, the, the Bucks defense shut them down. But really, it was, I mean, Mahomes was still putting throws on target and his receivers weren't coming down with it. I mean... To me, they're the toughest team to, to deal with, even though they've lost a couple of games so far. I, I don't view them as a disappointment to this point outside of their record. I think they're a good football team who, you know, they're not playing the same level of defense they were a year ago. There's been some personnel changes, had a couple injuries in the secondary. And, right, if they can, if they can somehow find another complement to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey – uh, they're they're going to and just make moderate upgrades defensively. I still say they're 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 such a handful for teams to contend with, and you know it's it's not taking anything away from Denver because they've been fantastic. And I will say before the year, I thought their only question is the quarterback. Teddy's played great. He's pushed the ball down the field. He's he's been more aggressive than we've seen. So good little matchup, and Vic can can coach, and he's got that defense lathered up, and they're playing well, but. I still say uh, Kansas City until proven otherwise. Yeah, for sure. And we'll see uh, how Josh Gordon, who's going to come into Kansas City, is. You know, yep. That 2014 season was a long time ago at this point, but he's still shown flashes when he's been able to be allowed in the league. I guess I'll phrase it that way. Right. Uh, Eric Edholm, uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter uh, and then make sure that you read him at yahoosports.com. His stuff is always great. Uh, always a, a frequent guest for me around draft time, but terrific during the regular season and through the playoffs as well. Eric, always good to catch up, man, uh, and enjoy the day with the family. All right. Thank you, buddy. Talk to you soon. It's Eric at home on the BetQL guest line. When we get back, five thoughts NFL wide. I'm going to actually start 
with the Chiefs. So we'll get to that next before Christopher Clary joins us at the top of the hour here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Craig Hoffman with you on 106.7 The Fan. And I, uh, we're going to peel back the curtain here for a second. And then I'm going to get the five NFL thoughts that I have through three weeks of the season as we enter week four. I guess we're into week four as Thursday Night Football has already happened. But um, So last segment, we had Eric at home on. And Eric is fantastic. And uh, I am doing the show from home today. Uh, although you probably can't really tell that because um, I have a nice little home studio set up. And technology is amazing. And... Uh, I have this uh, board next to me. It's called a Rodecaster. It's it's a podcast device. It also is like a sound mixing board. Um, and I have that hooked up. Uh, and then I have my very fancy microphone, which also has stuff on it that can go directly into my computer, which is where I, uh, you know, wh- where I'm actually feeding the mic. So this board that I have next to me uh, is not working. So it's it's like it's working, but like I'm not currently using it. And so. For some reason, d- during one of uh, my questions during the last segment, my voice started to go, Linnell. And um, I think the audience probably heard that. That wasn't not a technology issue. That was a human issue and not one I could do much about. And so I was like, man, I just got to get to the end of this question. Then I can clear my throat. And then Linnell, what did I do? <coughs> yep, clear my throat. <laughs> After hitting the mute button on the board that I'm not using. If I want to mute my mic, I can. I just have to hit a button over here. And then it's gone. And, and then it's gone. You don't know what I said when I did that. I was about to say, yeah. 
Yeah, I could have been like, Monell's the worst, God. I didn't. Actually, I actually said nothing. I was like, had a heart attack moment where I was like, please, please turn back on. <laughs> Hopefully you um, bring it back. But there's a button over here that is hooked to this microphone if I'm using this board, and, and I'm just not using the board. So I'm sorry I coughed in your ear, audience. That was a dumb thing that I did. Coughed a Meyer too, Craig. And Linnell. <laughs> and Linnell's like, great, good job, guy. Now I look like a doofus who doesn't know what I'm doing. Linnell's great. All right, enough me, Nicole, <laughs> peeling back the curtain. Radio, it's magic. All right, uh, five NFL thoughts uh, as we enter week four's Sunday. Tomorrow, of course, Washington football taking on Atlanta in Atlanta. That game, 1 o'clock, pregame right here on 106.7 The Fan with ya boy and Logan Paulson starts at 10. Earl Forsey leads into us with countdown to kickoff. Uh, NFL thought one. There's one team that can beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. There are other teams that are really good, but when they play their best, no one's better than Kansas City. And offensively, they have been good, except for the fact that they can't stop turning the ball over. They are tied for second in fewest punts. The Browns have punted five times, and then the Chargers, Chiefs, and Titans have all punted six. That's it. They've punted twice per game on average through three games. Meaning that the only way they're giving the ball to the other team is either after they score or via turnover. And they're one and two because it's been after turnover a lot. And it's been a lot of fumbles, specifically, where you get big plays, guys try to make them even bigger, and they're getting knocked out. And if they would stop doing that, they'd probably score more. (laughs) Again, groundbreaking analysis. But I just think the Chiefs are still the best team in the league because offensively, it just feels like they can score almost every single drive. And then the reason they're not more often than any other reason is because they turn it over. So stop doing that and you win games. Uh, there was a lot of rumor mill turning this week. His thought number two uh, is this. A lot of rumor mill turning this week on Deshaun Watson. He's still untouchable. Miami shouldn't trade for him. Uh, Philly shouldn't trade for him. Houston shouldn't be allowed to trade him. I don't know why he's not on the commissioner's exemplist as this, their legal situation plays out. But for any team that is thinking about trading for Deshaun Watson, don't do that. It's not that he's not a great player. It's that he may have done some really heinous and horrible things to women. And that should be enough for you to be like, yeah, uh, not a bargain. Someone that we shouldn't. That's that's a hard do not buy. So that's what I have to say about that. Uh, Number three, the Rams are everything that I wanted them to be. I was hoping when this trade happened that Matthew Stafford would be unlocked in a way that he hasn't before, that this Sean McVay offense and Kevin O'Connell offense, obviously two former coordinators here in Washington, would sing in a way that it just hadn't with Jared Goff since a couple of years ago um, in the, the Super Bowl run they went on. But the the newer, more updated version that's adapted to some of the things that defensive coordinators have done to stop it. And it has been awesome so far. They have such great balance. They understand how to get the ball to their playmakers. Um, my friend Jordan Roderick, who writes for The Athletic, has done an awesome job chronicling a lot of this stuff, uh, including the fact that Cooper Cup is just out there inventing routes. Like, he'll just go run around and practice, and he'll be like, hey, Sean, I did this. And they'll be like, okay, it's in the playbook now. 
because he just figures out a different way to get open, faking one route, going into another, and they figured it out and timed it right because just because you can run around in a circle doesn't mean you can do that within the structure of a play and the timing of a play, and they figured out how to invent some new stuff that's really cool, and Stafford has been awesome executing it. Um, so watching that team is just super fun, and I I thought it would be, and it's everything that I wanted. Uh, number four. Aaron Rodgers' ability to separate the organization from the teammates and the people that he likes in it is pretty incredible. Watching how much he cared, watching him just do what he did, miracle working last weekend was really not just incredible from its impressiveness standpoint, but it's just fun. Like you see how much it matters. He's super competitive. And he, if, if you like, I know this is, seems small, but if you follow the guy on Instagram, he posts about his teammates a lot especially the guys that he's been around for a long time. Like he has very meaningful relationships. And even though the organization has ticked him off to the point that he's ready to go and this is their last dance and all that kind of stuff, you see how fiercely loyal a guy like Devontae Adams is to him. You see what it means for Randall Cobb to be back with him. You see how uh, the relationship between Rodgers and David Bakhtiari, his longtime left tackle, is. You see all of these different things. And I would... I would count even some of the relationships that he has with the coaches that he likes there that are not a part of the movement that is trying to send him out, which is a front office and up situation. And it's just really cool. And and it's, it's not normal um, because typically when you want to stick it to the man um, that tends to permeate other things, but this dude wants to win with the group that he's with, even if he knows that he will probably be wearing, it's very possible, and if not likely, uh, that he wears a different jersey next year. Uh, last thought, Bucks pats could be really fun. Um, to, speaking about guys that are just built different, like obviously Tom Brady is, he is maniacal. That dude is nuts. And for as good as Belichick is, and for as often as Belichick teams, and specifically Belichick defenses, rise to the moment, like, I trust Brady in this one more than I trust Belichick to figure it out. Like I think Brady could have a field day. Um, he's not going to have Gronk. He's out with the injury, but that's still going to be fun as hell. All right, coming up next says five thoughts on the NFL. We will do some more NFL later in the show, specifically at 2.30. Michael Phillips is going to join us from the Richmond Times-Dispatch talking Washington football. But next, be joined by Christopher Clary. He wrote a book. It's called The Master, The Brilliant Career of Roger Federer, one of sports' most unique dominant superstars. So, what was it like to chronicle him and what can we learn about sports and maybe even a little bit about ourselves from the great Roger Federer? That's what I want to talk about with Christopher Clary. So we will next on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. 
Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 